Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode one of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you haven't seen that episode, you should probably go watch it. It was really good. Um, and uh, today we have a special guest. This is the first time in Stark Wars history that we uh, are bringing in guests here. So so I'll start. I'll start with Tommy here. We got Tommy still. He hasn't gone just because just because we have a guest. Tommy's still around. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. I feel like I'm. Well, I don't want to spoil it yet, so I'm not going to say it. But like, yeah, like, are we going to go on a shrimp boat? You know, help out the family. Uh, uh, go to the bank. Maybe, maybe they'll know who I am uh, from this podcast, and and maybe that will help us out. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like Sam Wilson, we're we're keeping it in the family here. Uh, I've brought my brother Jake O'Rear on the podcast. Jake, how are you? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on, guys. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. This is, uh, I mean, we're really spicing up the relationship here. We're bringing in a third entity, and uh, we'll see how it goes. This I'm is excited. great. This is this is going to be the time where Jake just agrees with me. We get that brother <laughs> fighting. It's just going to be. It's just going to be a good time for all. Oh yeah, uh, we're going to butt heads. Let me. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. This is interesting because uh, I did a poll on Instagram uh, <coughs> asking for who liked our cameo drafts more, whether it be me or Tommy. And two of Tommy's votes came from one, my wife, and the other one, my brother, Jake. So <laughs> I have my family's mutinied on me and uh, they're team Tommy. So one day you're going to show up to your house and there's going to be a photo of me, Jake, your wife, just like, but it's going to be you, but I'm just going to like Photoshop my face on top of it. Yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. So, um, well, let's start with you, Jake. Jake, what did you think about the premiere? Uh, it was super interesting. Um, kind of a switch up from Wanda. Um, we, you know, I liked what I liked a lot about this episode is we got a lot of world ramifications on the on what 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 life's like after the reappearance of everybody after the snap, and we get a and we'll get more into that, of course. But that was probably my favorite part of what was going on is that, you know, we didn't see too much of that in one a little bit, but, you know, th this kind of goes in and they talk about it a lot more and how weird it was and the ramifications on the world, stuff like that. What about you, Tommy? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what, for me, going off WandaVision to this, I like this. This feels like marvel movie it feels that actiony we we wanted that being said if i'm basing if i'm comparing the wanda first episode to this first episode i had more questions coming out of the wanda episode and i was more like all right i need to watch more than i was off this i think we're having a slow burn there's a lot of things building in falcon and winter soldier but for me it was it didn't leave enough questions for me to be like clamoring for the next episode yet yeah, I feel that. This was a very formulaic episode. I, I feel like this, I mean, the goal here straight up was to set up this show, right? I mean, we're introducing our, we're reintroducing ourselves to these characters and where they're at at this point um, and kind of setting up what the plot of the show is going to be. So, and that way it was, it was very, but but at the same time, it's almost hard to compare to WandaVision because uh, again, like you said, th this is our more typical Marvel format. And then WandaVision was like so off the wall that, um, this is like a completely different, <laughs> a completely different show. So it's very hard to say, oh, this premiere was better than that premiere when they're just like 
they're serving two entirely different purposes. Yeah, and there's so much I love in this show. Um, I think, like you said, it's it's two different shows. I think the other one benefited from the mystery. I think that's all it, it really had was the mystery for a while there. And as opposed to this show, it's like we know Sam a little bit, we know Bucky a little bit, and it was cool to get a little bit more of their backstories. And I, I like that they weren't like together. I like that we're seeing them doing their own little their their own little missions. If I may uh, throw in here, I will say I did like the action in this a lot more than anything I saw in Wanda. And that's just me. I'm personally more of the hand-to-hand combat type of military-style fighting over the uh, magic. Yeah, I'm actually on board. That might be an O'Rear thing here. I'm on board with that. Um, in fact, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right into breaking down the episode because we do. We start off uh, with one of the coolest action set pieces that we've seen so far, in my opinion. I mean, this kind of trumped anything we saw in WandaVision um, for my for my taste, personally. Um, we, did, we did have one quick moment before where we kind of saw Sam Wilson preparing. He, he's got the shield, and he's playing conversations back with uh, Steve Rogers in his head. Um, and, uh, yeah, to be honest, when I saw this, I thought he was preparing for Steve Rogers' funeral here. I I was like, this is about to be really sad, Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, Tommy, what do you think about this intro? Yeah, no, I I loved it. Um, Good on Falcon ironing his shirt, you know, no wrinkles. And uh, I I think it's kind of what we talked about going in. It's like he's not ready to be Captain America. He doesn't feel like he deserves it, and he doesn't feel like he's the symbol that the world needs. And – Love, love the little voiceover of, of Chris Evans. It doesn't doesn't count in that not new material, but uh, great stuff there. And then yeah, we get into the the laugh mission. LAF. Do we no idea who they are? But I'm just calling them laugh now. The la- the laughers. <laughs> yeah, I did not put that together. That that uh, I, I actually is it LAF or LFA? I have no idea. I think we it's don't LAF. Okay. All right. Well, hey, uh, I guess uh, they're supposed to be like a team of comedians, maybe. <laughs> he is a leaper. Maybe it's like, like, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's moving into stand up now. Yeah. So we do. We get, uh, we kind of see Falcon back in, I guess, I guess he's working for the Air Force now. Um, and he's being debriefed on a mission here about the uh, LAF that are targeting Captain Vassant. And uh, th- this uh, this kicks off a pretty outstanding sequence. I-, I I probably gave Falcon a bit too much of a hard time, Tommy, when we talked about uh, who we would rather be. Because when it comes to the action in this episode, uh, I think Falcon really... Uh... To be fair, Winter Soldier has trying to take a step back from the ass-kicking, but uh, Falcon really showed him up here. Yeah, those wings can do anything. The, the, like they can create. A, he doesn't need a shield. The wings are his shield. Oh, he should never give this up. But yeah, I mean, I think me and my roommate both were watching this. And we looked at each other and we're like, "This is the best action scene." Like this is. I, I and I think that's where like the episode. I like the dialoginess that came afterwards, but it did. It like started off with like tons of action, and it kind of like <laughs> it's like the big the the high. If you're on a roller coaster, it was like a really high hill. And it's like everything else was still lots of fun, but they really just put their best foot forward. And uh, you you got that it was the leaper, correct? Like, 
uh, uh, they're fighting these bad guys, and the lead bad guy was the I can't remember his first name, but it's the the whatever the leaper from a uh, Winter Soldier, the the beginning guy who leaps and stuff and does acrobatics. Yeah, I did not put that together. So uh, again, that's why Tommy's here. He he's got these details. Batrox, Batrox, B A T R O C, the leaper. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, but yeah, Fal- Falcon, he, uh, he jumps out of his ship there and he's flying towards another airplane and uh, little, uh, his little buddy Red Wing cuts open a hole in the door and he jumps in. And this was uh, two, two things that I have here. First of all, Red Wing is super cute throughout this sequence. I never thought that I would describe Red Wing as cute, but it's just very precious that um, Red Wing doesn't talk back. He just does whatever Falcon says. And, and it's not like uh, you're talking to Siri and you have to give a very specific command to make it work. Like he has he, Red Wing's able to pick up on a nuanced conversation and do what he has to do. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Jake, did you like do you would you rather have Red Wing or would you rather have a giant metal arm? Oh man. I uh if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Red Wing. Um and of course with Red Wing comes the wings. And I, I just can't turn that down. My dream is to fly, and I'd, I'd love to be out, up out there with the my little drone buddy shooting missiles and lasering down doors, just being an absolute hoss. Sounds like Jake is Team Falcon, a.k.a. Team Tommy. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Look, I'm right on, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly easing my way. I'm not there 100%. I think Falcon's still really cool. I mean, Winter Soldier's still really cool. So we'll get there. But one of my favorite moments and when he jumps in the plane and, and he's, he's getting into a fight is, um, and, and it was almost a callback to some of the Captain America movies where Captain, one of Captain America's signature moves that I love so much is he just like kicks someone right in the center of the chest and they like fly like 10 feet. It's like completely ridiculous, but it's also really cool. Falcon does that here, but he kicks a dude out of the airplane, which I thought was just so wild. Luckily, these dudes came prepared with uh, flying squirrel outfits. Who knew that you, all you needed was these flying squirrel outfits? Where can we get these? Yeah, they had little wingsuits. Uh, yes, who needs who needs the actual wings when you just have a, a wingsuit? So, I mean, I don't think they'll protect you from bullets like the, the Falcon wings will. But uh, maybe we should get some Stark Wars merchandise uh, squirrel suits. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. So that, that's our first merch item. Yeah, th- they're probably not pricey at all. You could probably get them at any Dollar General. Maybe a Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, another thing that I kind of picked up here, and uh, I guess I'm curious to hear y'all's opinion on this, and it's something we don't see a whole lot. Captain America, he was all about incapacitating his enemies like he had no problem like he would just kind of like hit them in the side of the neck and they would pass out type deal like he he did kill people but it wasn't often um so one thing i kind of noticed about falcon though he was way more down to like like he's throwing people out of helicopters and he's like blowing up (laughs) uh these helicopters like he he savagely kills like 15 people in the sequence so uh, I was kind of curious. Uh, do you like this style for Falcon Air? You know, he comes from like the military, and I guess Captain too. But I, I, I don't mind it. I feel like he doesn't always like that's not his 
first move maybe, but you know, in this situation, you're on a helicopter. I don't know how safely you can like put these people on the ground. And he also has a time limit because what's talked about a lot is that he can't get to the border because there's, and I do like the government politics of the show in general. And I love this whole thing of like, there is, well, let me finish. I like the, uh, the whole thing with like there's there's a treaty there's you know there's agreements that have been made but also the whole thing and we we see this time and time again with other things is like the blip really affected everything because it's like well what's true now and what's not there's been five years for some people but for some people it's it's just like yesterday so it's like there's a lot of confusion of like with the we see it with the bank loans like what counts anymore is rules r- real do we have any rules yeah, Jake, what do you think about that? I, I still find myself confused about the whole um, blip thing. Because um, I'm bad at retaining continuity in my head over time. Um, in certain things, like when... Um, like, for example, when Monica showed up in um, Wanda for the first time, I was like, mm, I definitely know where she's from, but it's it's hard to put my finger on it and then i was questioning if i you know all that type of stuff so um keeping track of you know how long people were gone and when they came back what their experience of that was like i find that all pretty complicated to keep up with um i I think one thing that uh i i really appreciate about this show and the fact that we did get far from home which was after the blip and it addressed some of this stuff. But again, a lot of the like logistics of how the world works now, like, I mean, let alone people just disappearing, like half the world disappearing. How, how do things continue to run? How, how is there still society at that point? But then let alone having them come back. Like, that's something we haven't really explored yet in the Marvel Universe. And I think that's kind of like, I, I feel like the timing of this show is very important. And the fact that maybe they realized they didn't, cover that stuff as well in far from home and this is kind of filling in the gaps of what it is actually like logistically in this world yeah and this is like a little bit off but it just makes me more nervous for black widow when that comes out because i feel like that's this before the blip so we're gonna go back after already watching falcon the winter soldier that it makes me nervous of how that's gonna hit and if it would have hit better before all this Yeah, and here's the thing. I had a problem with this a little earlier on. I think like uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp did it for me. I think that that was kind of an awkward time to throw that movie in. Um, But for me, I'm starting to come around on this concept of these different Marvel properties coming in at different points of the time zone. Because I think... Like like these Star Wars stories, uh, Rogue One, Solo. I, I think the goal of those movies was to kind of build out the universe and jump around and like kind of give you more context on different situations. And I, I think Marvel's really trying to tackle that now with, yeah, th- this is like one long story, but it, it's such a vast universe and there's so much to understand. Um, for instance, one thing that like kind of, confused a lot of people and, and they did a good job of covering their tracks was when captain marvel came into the universe and they were like hey where have you been all this time like what like we've needed your help and she's like well there are other worlds that need help too um and, and we get captain marvel and we get context of what that actually means and and what her life is like so 
Um, I, I like it. I like that we're kind of jumping around. Black Widow, maybe a, a little bit too far of a step back, but uh, we'll see when that comes out. No, that's a good point that I never thought about is like the Star Wars. This is why we have you for the Star Wars stuff is like, I didn't think about that. of like, yeah, the Star Wars jumps around all the time. Like you get Clone Wars way after Clone Wars. You get Rebels. Like they they are constantly like, well, I guess we could tell a story about this part. No one's going to really question the fact that we're talking, you know, we're now into the race stuff and then we're going back. But um, yeah, I'm excited for all this. And, and I think like, the Falcon, I don't know, it's cool. Like seeing him blow up helicopters. Like I think one of my favorite shots is him like going through, not hitting anyone, but just so that the missile can like hit the helicopter on the way out. Like that's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's probably fun for the stump people. They're having a blast up there. Yeah, no, I really like that. He, he grabs the, uh, uh, Captain Vassan out of the helicopter and, uh, directs missiles into it. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, little buddy, uh, Leaper, you said his name was, he jumps out of the helicopter right before it explodes. So um, do you think we're going to get him again? Is he coming back? Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be like a big villain, but I feel like he's always there throw to like, all right, we need a scene before the real villains show up. All right, let's call in the Leaper. Let's get, let's get him <laughs> jumping all over the place. Let's get him in a squirrel suit now. Now he can fly jump the flying squirrel yeah oh no is this are we doing squirrel girl but it's squirrel boy now <laughs> well we did right. a friend too um, we have first lieutenant joaquin torres has been helping uh falcon he's driving around and we see him celebrate here and then they show up to a cafe what do you think about mr torres uh, he's all right. It, it almost feels like we're already being set up for like Falcon was always Captain America's uh, second in command, his his replacement, his understudy, if you will. Um, it, it kind of feels like that's what this character is going to be if he sticks around uh, throughout the series. I, I could see him. Uh, I, I don't know if it, I don't know enough about Falcon in the comics to know if he does have like a partner like this, that would uh, possibly take up the wings at any point. So walking, walking Torres is uh, his Falcon. When, when Captain America does Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson, he uh, becomes his Falcon. I do believe, and, and I'm looking up real quick that he actually has organic wings. Like, uh, because from some mean old supervillain experimented on him and got him some wings. Uh, but yes, he does become like his little, his Bucky, you know, uh, Sam Wilson's Bucky, essentially. Cool. Well, Jake, what did you think about Torres? Torres was interesting. I liked um, when Sam is like tinkering with his like, electronics or whatever and Torres like, oh here let me let me just do this real quick too and he's like no 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 anytime one of you guys touch it it's just like it goes kablooey and it's you know I like that little exchange there yeah I like uh he was also what was he on he's like on snapchat or something the entire time like he's filming <laughs> he, was, he was on like the military snapchat that helps him identify the uh what was it? The the flag smashers or whatever. He was looking for that. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but he was trying to identify something. Yeah, no, he was looking for the flag smashers, but I, I like the tinkering thing. I like for two reasons. I like like the banter between them, but I also like showing that Sam is pretty smart and that Sam like knows his tech better than anyone else. And I think that's like 
this episode for me in building out Sam is like, he's a working man. He came from very little and he made himself into this elite military officer that was trusted in these crazy Falcon wings. Like Sam is no joke. He is a A tier superhero in my books. Yeah. Something else that I, I'm pretty excited about in this series, and Jake mentioned it, the Flag Smashers. And, and this is kind of, we, we are going to break down who they are and what they do. Um, look, um, I don't want to get too political here, but uh, I'm just saying they don't have a horrible agenda, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, I, in an ideal world, obviously this, this, this would be very tough to ever execute, although possibly impossible. Um, a world without border borders. I mean, that that's ideal. Is it not like that's like the utopian society that I think everybody kind of dreams of. So they don't really have, obviously they're using more aggressive actions to get their point across, but um, I, I like that they have an understandable goal. And maybe this is going to get me in trouble again because I defended Hayward here. But um, <laughs> again, they're not just here to destroy the world. I think they want to make the world a better place. And I think that makes for an interesting organization. Jake, what did you think about the flag smashers concept? Well, it's like every terrorist organization or corrupt government. They always have, you know, what, what they think is like perfect and what they want their world to look like. But with terrorist organizations or radicalists, they're, they always got to go about it in a violent manner, stealing, or corrupting, you know, any any form of shadiness going on. Um, but you're right; it totally makes for interesting. Um, because it, it, when you can sympathize with a villain, or you can agree with their uh, with their end goal, it makes it so much harder. Because you know, we all we we already love Sam and Bucky, like you don't need to convince us. We've seen them smash up and we've seen them have good conversations and all this, but I'm ready to see what these flag smashers are about. Yeah. Uh, I will say, Michael, you got to watch out between this and the Hayward thing. The government might be watching you right now. Do you have any masks? <laughs> Do you have any mask down below or something? You, are you a flag smasher? Is this what you're admitting? <laughs> Look, I, uh, I plead the fifth here. Um, we'll, we will, <laughs> We will avoid talking about my involvement that may or may not be present with the flag smashers. So. My only thing with the flag smashers, and I like, I like this, I like their policy, I like their idea, but I am kind of sick of Marvel, and they've done this a couple times, especially in the TV shows with like Agents of Shield, where it's like they take something from the comics and then they make it into like a movement. Like Flag Smasher is a hero and or not a hero. I think he's a villain, but he he's a person in the comic and they're like, "All right." And maybe maybe that will turn into a one person named the Flag Smasher, but they're like, "All right, let's take this and make it into like now this is the whole organization. Everyone is the Flag Smashers." And I'm like, "All right, like I'm intrigued to see where it goes and I think it works well with what they're setting up with some of the other uh governmental things but for me it, it felt like a, another organization like how many organizations are we gonna have in the marvel universe i guess a lot but yeah and this is uh i, I can't remember if i said this in the preview or not but it, it is a little worrisome that again we we kind of have different oppositions here and villains. We have flag smashers. Obviously we have the reveal at the end and we may or may not be expecting other people showing up in the show. So 
I I'm curious to figure out who is the main villain and uh, if, is there any way that, for me, and again, I don't want to jump around too much, but um, we get we get our new Captain America at the end. I don't think that we're ever going to sympathize with this guy, but do you think that possibly we end up sympathizing with the Flag Smashers? Could they become like, could they work with, maybe they have two, two separate motivations, but it would benefit them both to take down the new Captain America. Does that make sense? I worry he's going to be part of the Flag Smashers, but I, but I hear you. Um, I would like that more maybe, but I, I, my thought right now, Alf, no, no evidence, but that the US agent is going to be like secretly working for the flag smashers and like from the inside, you know, get your inside man in and have him break up the government uh, from the inside out. Gotcha. Uh, one other thing I wanted to discuss here. Uh, Torres is, uh, he's a big. I, I guess he's he's a redditor, right? Because he's looking up he's looking up fan theories, um, and he's talking about Cap's possible moon base, which is pretty funny. Um, which which raises uh, a question uh, for me: Where is Captain America, Tommy? Do you do you have any idea what what I mean? Because again, he's not dead. I thought we might be experiencing his funeral here, but he's not. And there's theories about where he might be. So, Tommy, is he just in a retirement home? Yeah, well, what I think is funny and like what I didn't really think about is like no one knows that Cap is old. They didn't like go out and advertise that. Like I think like only the Avengers probably know that. So everyone's just like Cap's just gone, and uh, they don't. He could be under their noses, like you said. I I think yeah, he's just like hanging out in a retirement home, eating tapioca pudding. I kind of picture it like a Green Mile type thing. Maybe he gets like a pet mouse, and he's like. He's like making all these friends in retirement home, but he's like a hundred and whatever, and and they're dying, and he's getting all sad. I don't like that, but maybe he gets a pet rat. Rat, like who doesn't want that? Here's my proposal for a new Marvel series. It is Old Man Cap in the retirement home, and he is like the superhero of the retirement home. Like he's helping people uh, finish their games of uh, checkers, or he's saving the uh, Jello bowls. Um. Yeah, old man cap. Yeah, he's feeding the ducks with the bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if there's an what if there's an evil nurse that like he like is his arch nemesis who like doesn't give him the right Kool Aid <laughs> and the right Jello? Like <laughs> he he has his little help button on the side of his bed, and every time he presses it, she's just a few minutes too late. Oh, the worst. <laughs> nurse. Yep. But I do. Do you have any of wild theories that you have of where, like, um, like the moon base? I thought was interesting because, like, there's so many things with a base of on the moon. Like, to me, that's referenced possibly to like Inhumans again. Like me jumping to all the comic book things is like Inhumans has a city on the moon. Uh, you got sword. You know, maybe that's a reference to like sword looking around. Like some of these, his theory wasn't there for no reason. And it makes me feel like this is a hint towards like sword possibly where it's like people are jumping to straws. Like maybe there's people up on the moon and stuff. And it's like, well, there, there might be people on the moon. Like that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Jay, do you have a theory about where cap is? Uh, no, I'm right on board with the retirement home thing at, at the very most he is, um, he's at some museum, you know, studying up and maybe, maybe he's there and 
there's a class of a, a field trip of kiddos coming by and he looks at one of them and is like, yeah, I was, I knew that guy. He was, he was not really cool. <laughs> yeah. I could also see him as like an usher at baseball games. I feel like he'd be a big. Baseball. <laughs> Here's the thing, whatever he's doing and, and I, I could come up with multiple theories here, but whatever he's doing, it's not exciting. Right. I mean, I think right. we can agree on that. Like yeah. he's not, he's not on the moon. Um, but yeah, let's let's go into our next scene here. Um, Falcon Falcon goes back to Washington. He's going to give a speech here. He's going to give up. He's giving up his, the he's giving up the shield to the Smithsonian. And uh, of course, one of the first things we notice here, and I'm hitting myself on the head. I'm sure Tommy was too. Rhodey was not in our cameo draft. What the heck? Mm. How did we miss him? Like it was so obvious that Don Cheadle was going to be in this. Like in my head, he's the government. He he's the government liaison, right? And also like. He just lost his cap at Virgin, right? Like, he lost Iron Man. Like, if anyone can relate to Falcon, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Don Cheadle War Machine. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I want to stop down here since we're on cameos. Um, do, you have, do you have on hand possibly a pick for who you think would show up in the show? Oh, man. I, I don't. I do want to say, though, I'm so... I, I'm so desensitized to Marvel cameos and people crossing over. As soon as I saw Don Cheadle, I was just like, oh, what's up, Brody? You know, it didn't even really phase me until I was like, wait a minute, Brody's here. Um, but if I if I had to pick one, I what I liked most about Tommy's uh, cameo draft was Ant-Man because it, it harkens back to um, – Oh, which end credit scene was it where he was auditioning for the Avengers? And I just, I've always liked um, Sam's and uh, Ant-Man's, uh, what would you say? Like chemistry. And like in Civil War, when he calls him Tic Tac, anytime he does that, I laugh so much. Sam calls uh, Ant-Man Tic Tac because he's not as like, you know, huge and buff as everybody else is. Yeah, no, uh I, I do. I like I like the Ant Man pick. So, um, Tommy, what else did you think about this scene here? Uh, anything stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, I just loved the speech that Sam gave. I think it reaffirms what we saw in that first scene uh, with him, like looking at the shield. Like he gives the shield up, right? Like he puts it in the museum. It's now in the Smithsonian. Definitely going to stay there. No one's going to touch that thing, right? Um, but also, I was thinking like they needed like they're just going to put in this like light glass. You're telling me like mm-hmm. you're not gonna put that under like some laser protection with like spikes, maybe. I don't know. But I think the speech he gave is almost the foundation of the show in general. I think like that's the whole like the symbol means uh means nothing right now and the whole new heroes. I feel like it has a lot to do with like what the world is our world is going through. I, I really liked his speech, and I think people should go back and listen to it again because it's 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 good dialogue. It's it's different than Wandavision's, but I think there's still some like uh, meaty meaty quotes in there. Yeah, definitely. And he's talking all about it's it's not about the the symbol necessarily. The symbol belongs to Steve Rogers, and it's about the heroes that that walk in his wake. And uh, yeah, I really did like that. It shows uh, it's a good juxtaposition to uh, what we see at the end. Uh, it shows two very different characteristics of people. Uh, one that is okay with giving up the shield and one that's completely fine with just taking it. So I really did like this. Um, 
yeah jake anything else you got from this scene i think that's about it for me gotcha um so yeah. I, I guess yeah anything from you yeah i was just gonna like go into the museum and they're walking through the museum you get some good combo from war machine i liked the the i always like when you can see the punching hitler comic uh they you can mm. see it on the wall at one point great classic captain america uh comic and uh i don't know I thought it was an interesting scene. And again, just seeing uh, the outfit next to the shield. I was saying to my roommate, though, either for Winter Soldier or for this, if we weren't in COVID, right? Smithsonian definitely should have done a pop-up Captain America exhibit for like, uh, you know how they do those events to get people excited for the shows? That would have been, that's, that's right there. You're selling the show itself. People would love to see those props in a museum. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's funny because uh, Jake, you mentioned that, it, uh, or yeah, it was. It, I mean, they put it in this flimsy little glass case, and I think that in Infinity War, Cap, when he comes back and he's ready to work with the Avengers again, one of the things he does is he goes back to this exact site and steals that Captain America suit to put back on, which is hilarious that he was able to just come in and put on the suit and walk out. I guess he's a superhero though. Um, but again, uh, I think we do need to talk about and look at more deeply the security in the Smithsonian. So, mm. um, but yeah, so, uh, we'll, we'll go into our, our next scene here. And this is, this is our first look at the winter soldier. We get a little flashback here. Um, and this is, um, really dark scene. Um, and it's clear, it's clearly, uh, I kind of picked up on that this was definitely a dream because uh, you know we get the uh, we get the long hair and the mask. It's clearly like evil uh, evil Bucky here, and he he is kind of kicking kicking some butt. I didn't really understand um, <coughs> who he was hunting down here. I don't even know if they said it or if it matters at all. Tommy, did you pick up on what what was he doing in this? You know, I think he was on one of his Hydra Winter Soldier missions and going after some some baddies. And unfortunately, someone just uh, couldn't couldn't figure out how a key worked. <laughs> that that was uh, I felt so bad for this. That was really sad and depressing. Like this guy, like he might as he probably peed himself. Like that's how scared he was, right? Because he couldn't he couldn't put the key in the lock, and that was like really horrifying imagery like that's straight out of like a horror movie you get the big big evil monster behind you and you're trying to escape and you just can't so yeah that was dark yeah i will say they got me and we'll get to it in a little bit they got me i did not when when uh my good buddy yori shows up i did not even think about this scene again and uh very clever of them but yes we see the student he just wanted to study and, and go party. And I don't know. Do you think there's anything he could have done? Like, would you have kept trying for the key? Or would you have, like, tried to, like, lightly, like, walk out of the room? I mean, they were fighting for a while, and he didn't notice you. I probably would have just, like, been like, all right. <laughs> Guess I don't need to go to my room. Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, Jake, what would you have done in that situation? Oh, I don't know. I would die. <laughs> When you see a metal arm, you see a dude jumping staircases and using throwing knives and, you know, just going absolute ham on some people, like on, on some like armed guards. And 
you know, and my hand is so shaky, you can't even get into the keyhole. I, I think that's just where I resign and beg for mercy and hope that he doesn't use that metal arm for something uh, what if, what horribly if Jake, violent. Jake, what if you play dead? You're just like, oh, you got me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have pretended to have a heart attack from watching all that. I would have just yeah. been like, oh. And then fell backwards. Yeah, and don't it's, check it's on over. me. I'm definitely dead now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly like the ideal strategy. I think. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not gonna come after you if you're if you're on the ground. So, um, yeah. So uh, we we get the reveal that that it was a dream. Uh, Bucky wakes up. Two weird things I noticed. Uh, he's sleeping on the floor. Um, he's like sleeping on the floor next to his couch and it's not like he's like on the other side of the couch. So it's not like he rolled off the couch. Like he was sleeping on the couch. Like he purposely slept on the floor. So I don't know what he was doing there, but, um, yeah, he was sleeping on the floor and watching soccer. So, um, I guess that's nightmare fuel. I believe the sleeping on the floor does come from like the comics and stuff. Like I think it deals with it, but I also think it just like tells you a lot about his character, right? Like it's like, he doesn't even think he's worth a bed, right? Like it's like, I think in his in his eyes, it's like he's almost still punishing himself, or also maybe he maybe he doesn't like beds. I don't. I will say, I would prefer a couch over a bed. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the the comfort. Like I feel kind of like cushioned by the couch. It's so small that it's like it's like a little hug. The bed's not a hug. It's like an abyss. It's just too big. <laughs> I roll around and I'm like ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never really thought of it that way, Tommy. But yeah, beds are an abyss. So. Uh... So well, and then, yeah, right, right after this, we we get to his little therapy session. Um, I, I like this therapist here. I think she she's very. One thing we learn in in this conversation is that, and I obviously I think it had to be addressed, is that he's been pardoned. So I, I guess he he did all those horrible things. He was a national criminal, um, but then he helped save the world in Infinity War and, and Endgame. So I think. Uh, I think I think anybody that I think this goes all the way back to Civil War, even um, not not even just necessarily the fact that uh, Bucky was uh, hypnotized by Hydra. But we also had Falcon, who is on the opposite side of the government. And uh, and here he is back working with the military. So I think it's interesting that uh, it, it seems like all of these people got written off. Like, hey, look, we, you did some bad crap, but you just saved the world. So see, I don't love that. Because, like, we just got off Wanda, who just can do whatever she wants. What, she saves the world one time? Now you get a free pass, you get a jail. I'm just saying, I get Bucky's situation. It's a little different because he was under mind control and all that other jazz. Like, pardon him, sure. Let him make amends. They're definitely, like, you know, he has to do his therapy session and has to do all these, like, uh, almost like an AA meeting. He's, like, he's got three steps that he's got to do. But I... You know, I'll still stand on this. Just justice needs to be brought on Wanda, not justice for Wanda, justice against Wanda. Oh no, Tommy. I didn't know you were supposed to talk about this. <laughs> don't tell Wanda though, please. I don't want her to make me into a <laughs> She's not listening anymore now that we're on the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So um yeah, Jake, I'm here. I'm I'm interested because we 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 kind of get uh Bucky describing his process of making amends. And he's got his three rules. Don't do anything legal. Nobody gets hurt. And then he has this line that he has to recite. I am no longer the winter soldier. I'm James Bucky Barnes. And you're part of my efforts to make amends. So, um, uh, yeah, Jake, what did you think about his little process here? In theory, it's, it works perfectly. You know, he does it, he does it right. Um, 
you know, in theory, it should work. But um, you're going to have to forgive me. The dogs are barking in the background. I don't oh, know man. if you can hear that. Um, but, you know, he... He take he takes a, he takes a Winter Soldier approach about it, or not a Winter Soldier, a a, a Bucky approach about it, and hijacks a car uh, electronically, and you know no gun, grab that out of here, um, and you know very. I'm Bucky, and uh, I guess this is I'm making amends, and bye. And it's a very quick process, but it's it's so it's so Bucky. It's so it works so well, and it adds some humor. I think with Bucky, he's been so broody for like so long. It's it's nice to get a couple of chuckles in there. Uh, right. Of course, we we haven't said his hair. Uh, he's nice hair. Love the cut. The, the the long hair was not a look for him. And and Falcon's got a nice new new facial hair as well. Uh, great looks all around. Ten out of mm-hmm. ten. Uh, the fashion sense. Yeah. So another another thing we see here, and uh, I I did some googling on this one because it, it seemed like uh, it seemed like a lot of Easter egg fuel here. We see Bucky's list, and uh, I looked up some of these names. I found other there were other articles out there that kind of broke down each of these names and who they are and what they mean. Really, there's nothing too much to be mined from this. There's a couple uh, couple writers from Marvel Comics. There's uh, a couple very minor characters uh, from Bucky's storylines in the comics. Nothing too crazy, but we do have we do see Zemo in this book, so it seems like he he does have plans to make amends with Zemo, who we see, who we plan to see in this show. Mm-hmm. What do you think his like? This is the thing about his amends, though. It's like some people he's like making amends to the families he hurt, and some people it's like no, I've let you get away with things. It's almost like he's bringing justice to the evil people. It's not so much like he's like, hey, I'm sorry I hurt you. It's more like an amends of like, like we see in the, the scene they show this this girl is in the car and he let her become this like official. And he's like, no, 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 you're not going to be an official anymore. This is my amends. But then we see with like Guri, it's like a whole different kind of amends. So I, I think Zemo must be on the other side, right? Where it's like, um, I mean, I could see Zemo going both ways. Like Zemo went evil because of all the stuff with Sokovia, but that wasn't that wasn't Winter Soldier's fault. So I'm intrigued to see where the Zemo stuff goes. Like, what did he do to Zemo? <laughs> yeah, and actually, so when you look at the book, and there's obviously multiple pages that you don't get to see, but um, Yori is not in that book, which is a little confusing to me because for me, the um, what amends means is you're amending the wrongs that you've done in the past, which Yori is the perfect candidate for somebody you would make amends to, but he's not on this list. It seems like it's... Uh, I don't know. I, he might be lying to his therapist here because uh, that list seems like a list of people that he's trying to get payback on. It does not seem like an amends list. In that scene, I thought it was his son's. Maybe it was his son's name that was on the list because I thought that was the whole like that was when they showed the book again uh, during that Yori scene that 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 was the case. But but yeah, I mean, the list definitely feels like a mixed bag list. Like this is this is a hodgepodge. I don't know how he keeps track of like who he needs to punish and who he needs to like hand flowers to. Like, like I don't know how he's keeping track of this. Uh, another interesting moment is when the therapist goes through Bucky's phone, which uh, <laughs> I like. I would not give my, I don't, nobody's allowed to have my phone. Like not like, don't go through my phone, let alone my therapist. Like uh, I'm telling you things strategically. So yeah, don't do that. Yeah. And it's like casually like 
like also like casually calling Sam by name, like you're ignoring Sam. Like, all right, therapist, are you on the first base? <laughs> Have you even met the Falcon? Like, <laughs> you. And then it's like you call me the most. Like, was that a flex? That felt like that felt like a flex <laughs> by the therapist. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely like one of, uh, I guess if, if he had MySpace, she'd be on the top eight friends there. So, uh, Jake, did you have anything else from this uh, therapy session? Uh, I was not a fan of the therapist. Um, personally, it was so tough love. And when I'm looking for help and I'm down and I I need some help, it's to, I, I don't appreciate the tough love tactic. I definitely want... Some nice reassuring words, not a passive aggressive note taking, you know, uh, pulling out the notebook as Bucky would call it. Yeah. yeah. So, Michael, next family dinner, don't take Jake's phone and be like, hey, I see <laughs> that the only person you're calling is it's me. Uh, you need more friends. You need <laughs> <laughs> respond to your friends. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is, uh, I will say, the one thing I liked about the therapist, she mentioned that she was also a soldier too, which uh, I, I think this is how therapy should work. You should you should be going to see somebody that has gone through your similar experiences. Um, I think that applies for uh, drug addiction and alcohol and uh, veterans. And these are the people that are most qualified to help you as they went through the same things, which there's no way she went through the same things that Bucky did, but um, <laughs> close to it. So uh, we'll, we'll jump into where we meet Yori here. Um, Yori is getting in an argument with his neighbor over the trash. Uh, his neighbor, his name is unique. It's like, it's like Monique, but with a U for uniqueness, which uh, I thought that was, I don't think you needed an explanation like that for that name. <laughs> like, I think you got the point. Like, I get it. Like, you don't have to break it down that much, but uh, there you have it. So, yeah, what do you think about this scene, Tommy? Yeah, I mean, love my boy Yori. He's the best. Uh, I also love that, like, <laughs> there felt like a lot of nods to Cap with Bucky. First of all, they're in an alleyway. Like, they, those boys love their alleyways. Um, and then the other thing is like, you're already trying to set, uh, Bucky up on a date. Like what's up with, can these men not get dates? Like first black widows trying to set cap up with a date. And now we got, uh, Bucky not being able to, to go on dates. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess Sam Wilson isn't the only wingman that Bucky has, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we get them, we get them out to lunch. He, he he sets them up with the bartender or waitress there. Um, and this is the, I watched the episode twice. This is something that I should have picked up on in the moment. Cause it seems so obvious now because of the way that it was edited. But Yori takes a look at the red bean Maki and it reminds him of his son. And Bucky has a very sad face on it. That that seemed like like too easy almost. Like we should we totally should have seen this coming. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything else on this uh, little bro date? Uh, I I thought that a whole Yori getting Bucky a date was so funny. Um, like it's such it's such a grandpa thing to do. Like I me i that's something i could totally see uh my late grandfather papa doing uh if i'm out and about with him and he sees a girl that might be cute he'd be like 
he he's not the type to be like, oh, go get her number. He'd be like, my grandson, he is desperately alone and desperately needs some love and affection right now. Are you interested? And something like that. Yeah, I guess with age comes like just a boldness and that like mm-hmm. you realize there's like not a lot of time left and uh, you got to make action now. Right. That's that's the kind of mentality this man has. Do you think they're like obligated to say yes after that? Like if like man, female, if like someone like was like, hey, my 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 grandchild is desperate for it. Like, please. Like, I feel like you gotta say yes. Like, how do you look at an old person in the face and be like, sorry, dude, like, not like, interested. You can't really do the, I got a, I got a boyfriend, the fake, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, that, that, that was this, uh, fun little scene. Um, uh, but now we're going to hop back to Sam Wilson here. And this is really cool. we, we we don't really again. I, I talked about in the preview, Sam Wilson's uh, backstory here totally squandered. Like that, we don't even see him become a superhero, right? He's basically a superhero when he steps onto the show. Um, but we are seeing like his origins a bit more. We're seeing we're in uh, Delacroix, Illinois, with his family and this little fishing village. Which I thought this was really cool. Um, his 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 family's really funny. We get a funny quote from one of the family members asking, when are you going to let me borrow those wings? Uh, I thought that was appropriate. Jake, if you had wings, that's probably when you come home, I would probably be asking you that's a, that same thing. So. <laughs> um, yeah, Tommy, what do you think about uh, the little fishing village? Yeah, I love this. I, I love, I saw something where, so Anthony Mackie requested, so originally Falcon is from Harlem, right? And so he requested that new, that Falcon's birthplace be New Orleans because that's where he's from. Um, and I thought that was a cool thing. But I, I love this whole – I love the backstory. It feels more justified than, like, the random Hawkeye getting a whole backstory with family in the in the, in the the uh, Avengers movies. This works in the TV show. I love that the boat is named after his parents. Like, you see that he's a family man. And I think, like, that's – they don't have to tell us we see it like throughout this entire episode. We see how much his family is important. And we've, we've seen it in the way he protected cap the way that like that's Sam, uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was a funny nickname. Uh, not a coincidence either that he's uncle Sam. Yeah. Jake, I'm curious There's a family here. Like uh, the sister, Sarah, she's talking about selling the boat to uh, help the business a little bit, help the family. And uh, Sam is super against this. He's like very sentimental about the boat. He wants to get it working. Is there anything within our family that like uh, we would be really against? Like this is probably a dark scenario to discuss, but say we are the final members of our family. Like, is there anything that we're super sentimental about selling? Um, I One thing popped to mind and that was, it was just our grandmother's house, Mimi, her house. Um, Just, that house has stored so many memories and we, you know, before COVID we had um, every week on Sundays, we'd meet at this house and as a big family, just have dinner or play games and, you know, stuff like that. And so many memories are stored in that house and it's been there forever. And we've, they've lived there forever. Um, I and it, at one point, you know, Nashville had a flood and we had to renovate 
you know, they had to renovate the whole house because it was wrecked and ruined. And it felt so different afterwards. It, you know, obviously it had to be done, but the walls weren't the same. It didn't feel the same. Uh, so if anything was going to go, it was not going to be Mimi's house. That's for sure. If you take a house, if you take a house and you rebuild it and you, you put new wood up and you, (laughs) is it still the same house? That's the question, right? That's a good point. Uh, That's a very philosophical, philosophical question. Thanks. I got it from my pal vision. (laughs) Right. Like a friend of the show vision, right? (laughs) Wanda, not a friend of the show vision. Great friend of the show. Yeah. So uh, we kind of, Sam's Sam's talking about well we'll just get a loan that's kind of the solution here we we don't have to sell the boat we'll, we'll get a loan um, yeah what do you think about that Tommy uh, are you selling the boat or are you going for the loan you know um, I think I'd be more like let's try the loan and then once that doesn't work then I'd probably get on board I don't think I'd be stubborn enough to like still be like no we'll find a way. like life finds a way like I think for me it's like Let's try every avenue we can. And once all those avenues, because the thing is too, I, I like his sister and like, he's not here. He doesn't know what it's like. He, he like pops in and out and he's just like, cool. I'm going to save. Like, I think they say like, you're, you're, you're always to the rescue. And he's like, always like, that's his, that's his thing. But he's not here for the actual nitty and gritty. He just pops in and out. And I think like, it's unfair for him to like, kind of question her judgment. Like, of course she doesn't want to sell this boat. But if she really feels like this is the only move for her, you have you have to trust her a little bit. Yeah. Um well one other thing, uh this is we kind of covered everything in this scene, but it was a little tidbit that I found interesting. Uh Sarah punches Sam at one point and it 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 cripples him for a moment. He's like, "Ow, that like it it genuinely hurt him," which I was like, is Sarah, is she going to be a superhero by the end of this? Like she, <laughs> she's, she's, she's like boss of the fishing village. She's making all these meals. She's a single mother. I think we could throw a superhero on there. I'm down to see superhero Sarah. I love to see that. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so now we're getting, we're getting to the date here. Um, and this is interesting. Uh, Bucky brings flowers, which, uh, I've never brought flowers to a first date. I, I think flowers is an appropriate, like for me, like Valentine's Day anniversary type thing. Um, Tommy, are you a flowers to the date type man? Yeah, maybe not the first date, but like it, it depends. Like I think I have once because it was like a joke going into it. Um, if it's like a bit, of course I'll do it because I'll do anything for a bit. But <laughs> um, I, I I don't think it's like not like it shows his like also like his time like he's an old man in a in a young man's body like it's probably way more common to bring flowers back in the back in the olden days but i loved the idea and i want to hear your guys' thoughts on tinder bucky with the <laughs> fact they even mentioned that bucky tried tinder i have i could watch a whole series just on this i want to i have so many questions yeah, uh, I'm curious what his Tinder bio is. Like, what what is uh, what what's in there? What, what pictures? And that was one weird comment we got from me. Is like, there's a lot of weird pictures on there. Tiger like, photos, Tiger King. There's lots of Tiger Kings out there. Do you think he matched with Carol Baskin? Oh yeah, hundred percent. They both. I mean, you know, hypothetically, they both have in common that murder, possibly. Not saying for sure, but. 
Yeah. One of them definitely has, and I won't say which one. <laughs> yeah. um, Jake, though, do you think Bucky should be putting in his bio that like he's murdered a bunch of people and he's Winter Soldier? Like, do you think that's something that they should know going into a date with him, or do you think that's something he tells them on the date? Like, when should he initiate that conversation with him? That's de- that's definitely on the first date type thing. That's not in the bio. Um, I I think. I think on the bio, no one would give him a chance. Um, you know, ex ex Hydra assassin. Um, you know that that's a little intimidating, but you know that's not something you you hold either. That's not something a year in you're like, yeah. By the way, I used to um, hunt down people, and this metal arm isn't just for back rubs. Well, this is uh, that's interesting that you bring this up because I thought it was really weird that she asked a couple questions here. She asked how old he is. He says 106. She takes it as a joke, but he's not kidding. He's 106 years old. And then she asked about his gloves and he says poor circulation. So he's honest about his age, which, in my opinion, the age thing is the weirdest part about him. He's 106 years old. He doesn't look like it. He's got a lot of wisdom. That's weird. What's not weird is having a prosthetic arm. Like, why is he like open about his age? He won't talk about this arm. Like, <laughs> maybe it's just so iconic that people might recognize him. Is that what's going on here, Tommy? Maybe like it's like, oh, like it's just a normal guy. But the minute you get that metal arm we've talked about, oh man, metal arm, that's definitely when a soldier. But I and maybe this is my I feel like I'm always jumping to they're evil. That's my go-to. I'm nervous about her. The fact she was so cool with like like she didn't really question the age. She didn't question the glove. Like maybe it was just them trying to yada yada it. But to me, it's like she already knew this because she knows it's Winter Soldier and this is all part of her plan. Now I might be crazy, but that's just where my head went. I mean, you are crazy, but I don't think that's why. So <laughs> no, it's all the t- tiger photos I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on your Tinder file. Um, yeah, so they they are playing Battleship here, and they they get into a discussion, and uh, it turns really dark really quick when they're talking about Yuri, and she she mentions that like uh, there's. There's there's no word for somebody when their kids die. You know, there's widow, but there when when you lose a kid, you don't even get a word for that, right? And uh, uh, Bucky gets up and leaves. Uh, you know what else? There's not a word for ditching a date. What the heck, Bucky? <laughs> they didn't even finish Battleship. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I had a question too. Like he seemed like very laissez about the drinking. I wonder. Do you think like alcohol doesn't do anything with him? Just like remember in Captain America, where it's like he was like trying to drown his sorrows after Bucky uh, got you know the whole train scene, and he's like alcohol doesn't do anything to me. Do you maybe that like I was kind of thinking about that. Was that like a reference to that? Do we think Bucky like feels anything from alcohol? Yeah, not only is he a super soldier, but he has super tolerance as well. I guess so. Some super metabolism, perhaps. Yeah, he's very fit. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he leaves the date here, and he immediately goes back to Yuri's place, and and uh, we he opens the door, and we see the gentleman that he killed in the flashback, and that's the that's when it hit me that uh, that this was the man's father. This was him, I guess, making his amends to the man. Um, I, I thought we were going to get maybe Bucky admitting to it, or maybe he was going to like leave him a lot of money, but no, he just paid him back for lunch. Like he went, out, he went all that way just to pay him back for lunch. Like, see, they, I think this is the wrong move. Like you see it so many times in shows where it's like, 
you did something and you keep it a secret, but then you get close to the person. It never works out because now you're putting emotions attached to it to someone they should hate and you're 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 leading them astray. Uh, to me, this is for him and Yori, this is first date material. Like he should have told this right away. Uh, it, because now it's like, now it's going to be weird. Like he's going to find out obviously, and it's going to be a yelling match. And then you're going to get sad. Everyone. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, uh, look, I, I, I think he could have done more uh, to make his amends, but maybe we see more Yuri. Maybe we, we get back to that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, we get a quick scene with, Fal uh, with Sam and, and Sarah here. And they're they're cooking meals, and I, I don't remember them explicitly saying what these are. What what are they doing with these meals? Who are they taking them to? Is it for the homeless shelter? What's going on here? I don't remember. I didn't. Uh, I think it was Sam's plan to uh, start selling food to make more money. It's like not only are we going to do the boat, but like we'll also like do this like delivery service, like a Meals on Wheels, um, Meals on Wings uh, delivery service, and then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, and this might get into my predictions. Like, I prediction. What if Sam and Bucky they start a little biz? They they. What if it's like we get like a Forrest Gump type situation? They go on this boat. They become shrimp, uh, and we, they open up like a like a Bubba Gump kind of thing. But like I'm trying to think of like a, a Bucky a Bucky Wilson. That's gonna be the new name of the restaurant. Um, they're gonna sell shrimp and sell this food. And that's that's where this whole like that's the whole point of the series. It's just going to be focused on their little boat adventures. Yeah, that's where we're going. That's that is spoiler alert, everyone. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll go here to where we we genuinely meet the flag smashers in this next scene. Um, it seems like Torres. He's kind of behind enemy lines here. He's he's going to this little rally. Um, he's preparing to work with the Flag Smashers. So uh, I, I thought this was a really cool scene. Um, what, what, what did you make of all this, Jake? Uh, pretty good stuff. Um, absolutely no regard for citizens when the bags were thrown out the window. But uh, what do you expect from a terrorist organization? Um, yeah. so, uh, some good action. Some uh, people that are a little stronger than your average person. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah. I thought that was a little, uh, that stood out to me. And I guess, Tommy, are they super soldiers here or do they, I mean, they, they seem pretty strong and they were fighting uh, similarly to how cap would have fought. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going on here. Yeah. Were they all super soldiers? I thought it was just, it might be just the leader. If it is kind of goes to my, towards my U S agent idea, but I, I think, this is the thing. I think more people got experimented on uh, with the super soldier serum than we're aware of. I think not in the sense, I don't think people got experimented on the actual super soldier serum, but we've seen like, you know, in the Hulk, we saw that they, they gave a uh, abomination. Like they have been trying to recreate that formula for years. So I think there's versions of it that aren't, that are flawed. Uh, but I think that, it could be possible that people have super strength. Yeah, I like uh, Torres's weapon of choice here. We, we've seen it come up twice now. He he has this really awesome weapon, and what it is, it's a camera phone. 
<laughs> Snapchat and he hides camera and his and his little jacket there. Like he, I, I'm excited for his YouTube channel. I don't know if he's vlogging or what. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's the flag smashers there. Um, they, they robbed a bank, and uh, yeah. So we'll, uh, do you have anything else about that, Tommy? No, they they rob a bank and then we go to the bank uh with with uh <laughs> sam and uh i love that this because this is something we questioned about do the avengers get paid <laughs> do the avengers get yeah. paid how do they get money and, and i was like where were they listening to our podcast Did they because we were just having this conversation <laughs> literally this is like almost word for word like the two the two ideas that the bank teller had was that uh, Stark helped them out or there was like a fund for heroes type thing. Those were our, that's what we came down to. That's probably how they got paid. And those are the two things that came up here. So it literally, that conversation, like I, I might even try to go back and clip that conversation that we had because like this is word for word. We discussed this in WandaVision. Uh, but Jake, I'm curious about your theory. Uh, how, are, how are they getting paid here? How are our heroes getting an income? Um, I, you know, it's just one of those things I never really questioned. Um, but if I had to make a guess, it was probably like, uh, it, it, it's exactly what Sam said is that, you know, just nice people are thankful for all they've done and they're willing just to toss in a couple bucks. And when the whole world feels grateful and they, everybody wants to toss in a couple bucks, I might pile up on this some nice cash um yeah well we know torres as a content creator so i'm picturing falcons <laughs> probably he's got a patreon or something going on right like he creates videos to uh, teach people how to be a superhero right patriot yeah he he does a what's the app where you film yourself and people pay you it's cameo i think oh, no. oh <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different type of filming oh no <laughs> Cameo yeah, and OnlyFans. That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about like an Avengers calendar? Like they have, like they have like an Avengers, ca- and maybe it's like you know going off your OnlyFans, not fully nude, but like you know like classy, classy. Like he has the Falcon wings, and they're like, oh, like you can look, but you can't touch, and he's got the wings like covering him. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do. I like that. I like also in the beginning where the bank banker can't like put together how he recognizes Falcon. And like, I love funny Falcon. Like I love that. He kind of has like an ego. Like he likes, he loves, you could tell that he grew up as like a kid, probably looking up at like people like this. And like, he loves the fact he's a superhero and he's like, He's like, do you know me? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I just can't put it together. And he's like wings. And then they got it. Yeah. Um, would you, would you ever like be this upfront, Jake? With like, if you were the banker and like you are kind of recognizing someone, do you do you would you be bold to the celebrity and be like, "Yo, like I know who you are." Um. Uh, I I would like to think not. Um, just because I, you know, I don't want to be that guy because you know. I, I, I've never been the type to see a celebrity and be like, whoa, I have to go get their autograph, especially if it's someone that I'm not really like a big fan of, then I, I don't want to bother them. Whereas I know a lot of other people are like, as soon as they see a celebrity there, they, they need that autograph. They need that photo, that selfie or whatever. But it, it's hard to say because we don't have Avengers in this world. And it's hard to think like, you know, these people save your lives. You might want to, this might be something I want to like, 
top, you know, just tap all on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you know, thanks. Thanks for everything. You know, you're super cool. No need for a selfie. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say we don't have adventures. So maybe, maybe I would, if, if I met a real superhero. Well, here's my story time. I met a superhero once. His name was Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So at, at this, at this point in my life, I would not bother a celebrity. Um, but, when I was a high schooler, I had no problem going up and asking for a photo uh, with the uh, with the celebrity. And I did that with Hulk Hogan. And I think the difference between Hulk Hogan and Falcon here is Falcon was very excited about his job. Like he was totally on board with like teasing who he was. Uh, Hulk Hogan did not care about me. He, he was not like, oh, you, you know, you know, these arms, right? Like he did not. There was no uh, there's no excitement from Hulk Hogan when he met me. Right. So. Well, just remember that, Michael, when someone comes up to you one day and is like, man, you're my favorite podcaster, uh, you better show enthusiasm, you better uh, really play it up for them and not and not leave them hanging. Yeah, yeah, we'll be celebrities soon enough, Tommy. So yeah, mine is, uh, I well, I told you, have I told the story during the Wanda thing that that I ran into Elizabeth Olsen at a paper source? Uh, you, you touched on it briefly, but I'm interested to hearing it again. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much. It was just I saw her. I wasn't sure. I'm still not 100% sure it's Elizabeth Olsen. You know, like, it's hard because they're people. And I feel like they look differently on shows and stuff. It's it, There's different lights. So you're, like, questioning it the whole time. And I'm like, it might be her. And, like, we were at paper stores trying to get, uh, which is, like, a card shop. And we're trying to get cards. And uh, I never said anything. But I like she knew that I knew because if it was her, because it was like enough eye locking, like it was like multiple times, just like looking back and forth. Like, I don't know. It might have been her. And maybe she'll remember me and be like, or maybe she won't. I already made an enemy of Wanda. Maybe I don't want her to remember me. (laughs) Uh, Can I share one celebrity meeting story real quick? Please. Um, I didn't actually I didn't go up and talk to this person, but I was in visiting my uncle and we were walking the streets of Brooklyn and this bearded man with sunglasses and curly hair and a, a, a pretty woman at his side. We're walking down the street. And as soon as they passed us, my uncle was like, did you, did you see who that was? And I was like, no. And he was like, that was Michael Sarah. And I was like, I, t- my brain totally fried for a second. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't fully convinced. So, they went into a CVS and then we're like, I guess there's something we can pick up at a CVS. So we walked into the CVS and we were on the other aisle, like adjacent to them. So I couldn't see him, but I could definitely hear his voice. And I was like, yeah, that was Michael Sarah. And that's all I needed. I didn't, I didn't go up to him or anything. So we left the CVS and that was my interaction of how I followed Michael Sarah into some pharmacy. Yeah, you just needed you just needed to confirm it for yourself. I think that's for me. It's like I just want to confirm so that when I tell the story, it's like, oh yeah, for a fact, I knew this person was this person. But going back to the episode, I do like the whole, and I mentioned it earlier. Like I like the whole conversation about the income during the blip. It's like the whole thing is they're like, you didn't make income for five years, and he's like, I was not even existing for five years. (laughs) What did you want me to do? And they're like, well, like we can't just rewrite there were people that existed for five years so how can we give you a slack when we gave other people not a slack and it's a man the the economics the people behind economics the whole the whole idea of economics uh must have had a a crazy field day trying to figure out all this stuff 
Yeah, you, you would think that, especially in the times that we're living in, they could have gotten a stimulus check, right? The ones that uh, that, that got blipped back, right? You can mm-hmm. totally talk. I mean, we're giving everybody stimulus checks now, so why can't let's give let's give it to half the country that we're gone for five years? Like they don't they didn't have time to accumulate the wealth that everyone did. So give me those blippies. <laughs> Not the Blippy. <laughs> that that I believe Blippy is a a host of a child show. So I'll let everyone Google that for a second. Uh, I don't know it for sure. I think I think Blippy is like he's like a wiggle or something. Like, All right, well, don't give me that Blippy. Give me my my Stimmy Blippy. <laughs> Timmy Blippy. Oh my gosh. All right, so yeah, we uh uh they get declined here uh and. Personally, I think I think Falcon could have like uh, taken a couple extra selfies and talked him into it, but that didn't happen. They they get declined and um, they're walking out. And this is when Sarah's really taking a dig at, at Sam here. Like, uh, and, and it makes sense because Sam is a hero through and through. Like, he's going where the problem is. He's going. He he's out. Uh, he's out in Libyan airspace taking down criminals. He's uh, he's in Washington giving up the shield. He's going back home to help his family. Like, he spreads himself so thin that he's not really doing anything 100%. So I, I think that's kind of the issue here between uh, Sarah and Sam. And uh, yeah, they, they, they this is when they go to pass out food. So Tommy, what, what do you think about uh, this conversation? Yeah, I mean, I... I like Sarah a lot. She really knows Falcon. And I think for me, the line that I think will, de- one of the lines that I think will define the show uh, that, and I point out others, but this one, the not selling legacy is such a, an important thing to Sam. I think it shows exactly why he hasn't messed with the shield. He believes that no one should touch it. It's a legacy. It, it You don't mess with legacies. And I think that's very important to him is you let, you let something lie and, um, I think that's why he's trying so hard with this boat as well. Yeah, and uh, that speaking of the boat, we we cut back to him, and he is he's he's working on the boat, and I, I think this is just like another like a little nice cherry on top to his character because we yeah we saw him fixing his own his own uh, equipment, and now we see him tampering with the boat. Like he's a handyman. I like that. Well, he's got to go on his adventure with Bucky, where they become shrimp. You know, shrimp boat captains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so, and this is, uh, he gets on a call with Torres. This is right towards the end of the episode. And uh, they kind of talk about what we talked about. Uh, it seems like that they're a little worried that this gentleman was probably a super soldier. Um, but, and this is, Sarah interrupts the conversation and she's like, you might want to check this out. And this is when we get the reveal of U.S. agent taking up the the Captain America mantle here, um, and, and and that again I I touched on this earlier. Um, it shows the different characters. This is this is the type of guy that has no problem taking the shield and dis- despite no permission given from Cap, like he's totally down to just be the next Captain America. And I, I think that premise alone tells us that this is not a good guy. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's the government, once again, I mean, we heard it before when Cap left Civil War, that shield is not yours, that's government property. And once again, the government is, I get their idea, like, I, like they're like, U.S. needs a symbol. And from a government point of view, I get that. But like, again, like, uh, it, it was a, a weird thing, but I understood it and I like it for the show. But yeah, U.S. agent, 
bad guy. Uh, kind of looked like the grandpa from Up. Um, <laughs> like I really got vibes of the old man from Up. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good. There's a there's a couple things that I wanted to speak on that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, and the text that Torres gets from, or uh, the text that Sam gets from Torres in the text, if you read at the bottom, at the bottom he puts hashtag important. Um, <laughs> and I just love the fact that he used a hashtag in casual texting conversation. Um, and also I just wanted to say, I really thought the U.S. agent that playing Captain America looks like Casey Neistat. I don't know if either of you are familiar, but he looked up. He looked a whole lot like Casey Neistat. Yeah, that's uh, I like Casey, and uh, I, I I've heard I've heard a lot of comparisons from him with other actors. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but if you've seen um um oh lord, I can't remember the movie, but uh, it was a Netflix movie with Tom Holland recently. And there was a preacher, and he was evil, and that's what who he looks like. So mm. <laughs> there's that. Uh, there's a lot of comparisons there with this guy, but it is White Russell, which um, I thought this was interesting because at the start of WandaVision, I realized that Elizabeth Olsen was related to the Olsen twins, which I never put that together, uh, went mm. right over my head. But I, I want to stop everyone here, and I, I want to make sure we're all on the same page that White Russell is Kurt Russell's son. I didn't know oh. that either. Yep. So, so Ego's son is now Captain America. It's confirmed that's canon. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stark Lord's brother, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I liked all this, and it was a, overall a good episode. Um, there were a couple things during the credits that, again, this is where I'm wondering if they're going to continue what they did in WandaVision, where it's like just overdo us with Easter eggs so that we don't know what's what's real and what's not, and what's going to mm-hmm. actually be. Um, there are two things that people on the internet have have uh, taken by storm and and are now obviously jumping down and and committing to. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard these. The one was there's there's a shot of a man um, at some point in the thing, and and people are. It's an actor. I can't. I, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he has been confirmed to be in it. And people are thinking he might be playing um, the first. Black Captain America. There's a comic where uh, after Captain America went off and did his thing, well, they kept experimenting with Super Soldier Serum, and they started experimenting on um, like black people. And and uh, there was there was one that decided to take the mantle of Captain America while Captain America was gone, and that's a whole thing. So people are thinking that might be a reference. Uh, and then the other thing is Power Broker watching, um, who is a evil man power broker and involved with the super soldier serum and getting people the super soldier serum. So people are, are guessing those things may uh, be hints. They may just be there. Who knows? They, they couldn't let Mephisto go. So they had to, uh, they had to pick a different uh, little, little uh, nod to another villain. So power broken and burger will be our Mephisto of the season. Well, you did see the, the giant flaming uh, devil at the end, right? Like you didn't, oh, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you saw that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's totally coming up here. So, uh, but yeah, that, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, I, I really love this premiere. I, I'm so excited for more. I think if that is the case, like you said, there might be other contenders for the Captain America shield. I'm totally down if that's like the main storyline of the season is like, it's like a battle for the shield. And we know that Sam doesn't want that mantle, but if he thinks that other 
malicious people are trying to go after it, I think he would totally take that spot from them. So, uh, yeah, really excited for this series. And, uh, yeah, anything else on the episode, guys? Do you think, and this may be getting into prediction, do you think that, is there a chance, I know, like, it's being pushed that Falcon is going to be Cap. Is there a chance that Bucky will? Like, Bucky gets redemption and, like, like Cap didn't pick him, but, like, he earns it by this, like, amends list. Like, he becomes the Cap because Falcon never wanted it. Uh, I, I'm going to say that is an impossibility even. Um, I, I think just the way the story has gone with Falcon being so close to Captain and, and Cap giving him the shield, and it, it just seems right that it's Sam that takes up the mantle here. And again, I, I think if we, <laughs> I, I would hate, because I, I am excited to see a black Captain America. Like there, are, Like you said, there are other possibilities besides Falcon here, but uh, when he got the shield, I was excited to see uh, a, a black man in the role of Captain America. So, I, I it, it would be a huge snub for me if if that didn't happen. So, I, I would say no. I, I think I think it's Sam's place. I think he deserves it from the show's perspective. I think uh, he deserves it from a cultural perspective. I think he deserves it as an actor. I think he deserves it all across the board. So, if he doesn't get the shield, I'll be mad. How about that? I agree. I agree. So, um. But yeah, so I guess if, if we're ready, um, I, I kind of prepped Jake on this too uh, to bring uh, uh, some recommendations and news stories for uh, the end of the episode here. So I, I'll kick us off. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll go through all of our recommendations and then we can go through all of our news stories. So um, for me, my recommend, I, I like to mix up the recommendations, right? Like I've done comics, I've done books, I've done movies, I've done TV shows, I've done podcasts. Maybe not a podcast. I will get to that. But I have an app this time. This is not a sponsorship. <laughs> it's going to sound like a sponsorship, but it's not. Um, so I work in the construction industry. Uh, so I'm around a lot of uh, my company specifically has a lot of Spanish speaking uh, people in, in the company. So I, I have always thought it'd be really cool to learn Spanish. Right. So I took Spanish in school. I think they did a horrible job of, of teaching us throughout the years. I only retained a little bit of the knowledge, but I've decided to download the app Duolingo, which is, it's basically, it's like a game. Like it's a, it, like it kind of quizzes you. It's like a, a little trivia crack in that way, but it teaches you in a very simplistic, fun way. It teaches you a different language. And I, I think that's so cool. I, I've, I've, I've started doing this for two weeks now and like I'm already able to pick up on things in conversation that I see with some of my coworkers. So whether you just want to uh, spy, you want to be a spy here, like uh, like uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier. If you, if you want to spy in on some conversations, learn a new language. I think it's very fulfilling. It's very fun. Duolingo is a great way to do it. They have a lot of languages and it's free. So okay, uh, my recommendation is Star Wars: The High Republic: A Test of Courage. I got the copy right here. Um, not quite done with it, but I'm loving it. Um, I know that, you know, and, and we're getting a bunch of High Republic stuff in the Star Wars world right now. And of course they want to cover all their bases and let everyone enjoy it. And so this is their junior novel. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an easier read. It's a, it's the shortest book they've put out. So far, shortest novel they've put out so far. And, you know, it follows some characters, uh, uh, Emery, Honesty, Avon, J6, 
and our main character, uh, Vernestra. And it, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's got some star Wars force lore in it, talking about some new force powers. Um, it ties in with the light of the Jedi, um, the main kind of book right now in the higher public that kind of sets up everything. Um, it's a pretty, like I said, keep in mind, it's a junior novel, so it's certainly not for everybody. But if you are like a Star Wars fiend like me and pick, need to eat up as much Star Wars as possible, don't skimp out on this book because there's some good stuff in it. Love it. Yeah. And I, uh, all the High Republic books. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not into those, get into them because they're all awesome. So, mm-hmm. all right, Tommy, what do you got for us? All right, I'm going to go with an easy recommendation. Obviously, this week, there was a big uh, uh, drop of of some comic book gems. I'm going to go with uh, Zack Snyder's uh, 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 The Justice League cut. Uh, long. <laughs> it's a good four hours. But honestly, I went in very questioning. And I, I wouldn't say I loved it. But I was impressed with what Zack Snyder uh, did, and I do think it is worth a watch if you are into the DC world and you've been clamoring for something good (laughs) in the DC world. I I think this is a movie that Zack Snyder knew what he wanted to do, and with the crazy amount of time of four hours, he was able to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll comment on this as well. I watched it, and... uh... Tommy, we've talked about this off the pod a little bit. I'm not a DC guy. Uh, I've read very few of the comics. Uh, I don't really like any of the movies. Um, Obviously, I I host a Marvel podcast. It's not a this or that type deal, but for me, I just lean towards Marvel a bit more. But I will say, um, I did not like the original Justice League. I did like the Snyder Cut. It is is definitely an improvement. It's not a perfect movie. You know, Uh, it's very long. But it's fun. If you're looking for fun DC con- ton- content, uh, the Snyder Cut is the way to go. And look, I am a Snyder fan from way back. Uh, I grew up on his movies, and I, I respect him a lot as a director. And I might not love his DC stuff a whole bunch, but he is a fantastic dude, and I'm glad that he got to do justice to the Justice League. Um, There's one thing that I just wanted to throw out there real quick that I was thinking about um, while listening to y'all's Rex. Um, and my racket test of courage, last thing I'll say about it is there are pictures in this book. Uh, you will get some pictures. So if sometimes you're a bad visualizer when you're reading, don't worry. You got some pictures every once in a while in between the pages. We love pictures. We I love, love pictures. pictures. <laughs> I like comic books, right? So I need pictures of my books. So, uh, Well, I mean, jumping right into news, I have a comic book news. Uh, man, who knew we needed this but? Dolly Parton is getting her own comic book. That's my news this week. Oh, what? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sydney's going to love this. (laughs) It'll be released on March 31st. It'll be a 22 page Parton edition. Oh, oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into my story here. Uh, Not as cool as the Dolly Parton uh, comic book, but pretty freaking cool. Um, Genji Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. It came out uh, before the, the current Clone Wars series, the, the more recent one. I think it's the better of the two series. Clone Wars is absolutely fantastic. The issue with the series is there's high highs and low lows. 
Um, there's some fantastic episodes and there's some really horrible episodes. But Dendry Tartakovsky's Clone Wars is perfect through and through. Uh, it's very short. Uh, there's two seasons, but the episodes are like 15 minutes a piece. So together it's like two hours and 15 minutes. So it's it's super quick. Honestly, Tommy, if if we get to the point where we're discussing bonus podcasts, I would love to talk about this series because I, I think it's the superior Clone War series. I think it's so cool. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait for this. So April 2nd is coming. So Jake, I'll let you take it. Oh, what's that, Tommy? Good thing it wasn't on April 1st or I want to believe you. Oh, <laughs> um, my new story is it's just a rumor, um, but it's a rumor I'm very excited about. Um, and I did some researching right before we jumped on here just to see if anything was confirmed yet. Nothing's confirmed yet. Um, the new Star Wars New Republic Rangers, of the New Republic show may have, um, you know, we had some issues with the lead with the supposed lead actress and she will no longer be associated with the project. So a lot of speculation going around that Harris Sandula Sandula will take up her mantle. And for those who don't know, Harris Sandula was the pilot of the ghost in the star Wars rebels. Um, she's a Twi'lek and she is an absolute hoss. I love her. She's super awesome. And I would love to see a live action appearance from her. Oh yeah. I love Hera. Uh, no spoilers to that show, but there was something at the end of that show that involved her character that was super interesting. And I'd be down to explore whatever that is. Um, but yeah, so I would love to see Hera there. Um, Same love Hera. Great character. Great show. Uh, pumped to hear that. Yep. So, uh, I guess that's it guys. That brings us to the end here. Um, Jake, thank you so much for coming on here. I'll give you a moment here. Uh, if there's anything on the internet that you would like to plug, whether it be like your Instagram or I know you do some videos every once in a while. So what, what do you got for the audience? Yeah, totally. Um, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. It was such a blast to be on here. Um, it Go check out me on Instagram, wide awake Jake, period, in between each word um, on Instagram. And if you guys could check out the Great Bedtime Baking Show on YouTube, um, we, me and my friend Josh, we bake stuff, and it just about every single time goes horribly wrong. So if you need a good laugh, you know, from just two amateur bakers trying to make some goodies and usually messing up, go ahead and check out the Great Bedtime Baking Show. Yeah, underreported there, Jake. But that's a very those are very funny videos. So like, it, it is like a baking thing, but it's like it's comedy more than anything. It's very funny. So I I, I recommend that as well. So that should have been my recommendation, honestly. Really dropped the ball there. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. But yeah, no, Jake. It's been great to have you this week, and our our guest next week will have to uh, live up to some some big shoes, some big wings to fill. Uh, and and I guess I should. Just to let you know, the, the guest next week will be the great Naomi. Yes, Naomi Calhoun, host of the Mike White Was Robbed podcast. So uh, very excited to have her next week. We'll look forward to that. Um, I'm going to throw out some thank yous here, of course, to Aaron Robertson, who does our intro song, Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. I have all their social media handles in the show notes if you want to check them out. 
Remember to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That that helps us a lot. Um, five star reviews, uh, preferably. Um, yeah, so give us that. If we get enough of those, we're gonna do a bonus podcast at some point. We talk about it every single time, but it's coming. We're gonna do it, and uh, who knows if we even meet a goal. We'll just we'll throw it at you one day, just to, for a thanks for supporting the show. Um, I also like to tell you guys, just tell a friend if you know somebody watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, tell them about this podcast because I think it, that word of mouth is the best way to advertise a podcast, and we want we want to grow this community. So, and speaking of community, one more thing I want to throw at the end of this: um, if anybody out there is like a Discord expert, I'm open to opening a Discord channel for us. Like uh, all the listeners of the podcast, we can talk about these different shows that we that we like so much. We can talk about the podcast. And I think it would be a cool way to have a little space for us. So if anybody wants to like volunteer themselves to be like our Discord manager, uh, I'm totally down to let you guys do that. So, um, but yeah, so with that, uh, that's all we got for you guys. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.